welcome to An Unconventional Life. Um, I'm Amanda and Thea's here with me and this is a brand new podcast uh, that we hope will be a conversation between us and hopefully uh, with you as well about what it's like to live um, a slightly unconventional life, not um, going along with what is usually expected in society. Um, to give you a little bit of background on this, um, we are both in our late 30s, we've been together for coming up to 14 years, we've been married for 10 of those. Um, we're both chronically ill, both out of work for health reasons. Uh, we're recording this podcast in bed, so uh, please excuse any rustling or anything in the background. Um, we uh, are, we both became Christians in our 30s, uh, we're very liberal in that, we um, mix it with paganism. So we want to be able to talk about that at some point and what we're going to talk about today and in the next um, episode is identities because last year Thea came out as bisexual and non-binary trans feminine um, which is what we're going to focus on in this episode and then next episode we'll talk about how that has made me look at my identity. Um, so we're both a little bit nervous this is very new to us it's something very um personal to us so bear with us if there's any uh pauses any ums and uhs and not quite knowing how to say what we mean but we'll get into this and hopefully just have a nice chat um i've got some questions for you thea if you're ready yes i am okay so um First question is, when did you first realise that you might be different? So, I think I've always felt um, that there was something slightly different from me. Um, f throughout my life, I've had points where I, I felt different to my peers and uh, people around me. Mm -hmm. um, I think from a very young age, um, one of the things you do is when you before you come out you sort of question how what what these things mean for you what gender is for you and then you start retrospectively looking back at your life and um, just thinking about things differently looking at things in your childhood and then in, in your later years and how they reflect upon you now um, and where you've come from so um, I was born in the, in the 80s and uh, it's a slightly different time to it is now um, I think one of my earliest memories one of the ones is before we moved the first places we lived um, it was um, near a council it was on a council estate and um, I remember I always was told that I always played with the girls and I always enjoyed playing with the girls and doing things with the girls in school and I remember a point where I felt that I could not do that any longer there was a very distinct thing that it was made to I was made to feel different because I wanted to just play with people that I wanted to play with I believe at the time so there's lots of um, things that that just made me slightly different um, at primary school we moved uh, from that school to another school it was a slightly different area a little bit more affluent um, so that was a different thing again um, 
and I I always did things differently. I didn't really play the football with the boys. I was more interested in the netball. Um, was on the netball team for that. Um, I think in, in my later years there was there was a I knew that there was something different about me, but it was it was a question of that I would, felt that I was not allowed in some way to to be that person or to explore that. It wasn't something that I would be allowed to do. Um, I think I had I had various different relationships with people, um, but I always found it hard to get close to people. Um, it, it, it's difficult to let people into your into the the world you were in, um, and so. I knew there was always something slightly different about me and I think it's taken me this long to actually first of all accept that something I already knew which was um, I was bisexual, was attracted to both sex or any anybody really uh, I had an innate love for people of either sex mm-hmm. um, and I, I knew that internally and I quietly accepted it but I'd never tacitly overtly accepted it Mm -hmm. it was just something that i had and i dealt with is in a way that i didn't do anything Mm -hmm. about it Mm -hmm. Um, so and again with with my being non-binary i've always felt that being a man being a man was a performance for me it was a something that i had to do it was an effort. I had to do effort. I had to take a lot of effort to be somebody who was a man. Let's say mm. I had to put on that overcoat to do things, and uh, I never felt totally a woman as well. So I, there was points in my life when we had our first child when I was questioning again, and I always thought, well, I'm not completely one way, and. And it wasn't until this last few years that I actually found the terminology and found the the, the correct way of describing who I am. I think with gender, it's it's more than just a, a left right binary. It's more like a color palette, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. There is more shades than just black and white. Mm-hmm. Yes or no. Um, people obviously or some people don't kind of see it that way but actually I think a lot of people agree that there is a there is more scope in it than just a kind of binary choice Mm -hmm. so I always felt more feminine in lots of ways Um, and I still do I had there was things that I saw my mum and doing and my sister doing and I wanted to be part of that but I was kind of locked out of that in many ways mm-hmm. and I remember going back from my looking back you know how you were saying mm-hmm. um, when you come out or, or when you get those feelings but for me it was when you came out to me looking back um, you know we we always jokingly said you were more like the woman in our relationship than I was mm. and 
when I first met you, you were a plumber and you hated it. You hated having to work with all these men that were talking about the football and were doing all these things that are very stereotypically male. Mm. And then when you came out of that and retrained as a healthcare assistant, you were so much happier Mm. because you were doing a caring role. You were surrounded by a lot more women. You were doing things that you just seemed to feel more um, secure in yourself. I think that was a big turning point in my life. I always felt that I was always carer, always liked looking after people, um, and uh, I, I believe it was it was what it did. It it helped me um, feel comfortable around other women and make friends with women, which has always found that it was a hard harder thing for me to do. There was always a kind of a, you know, attraction, friendship that I found difficult, um, and it was, it was a nice, it was a nicer atmosphere. I was good at what I did, mm-hmm. um, and I did it for as long as I could um, until I got ill through mm-hmm. um, stress, and that was a combination of work and life, everything um, that made it harder for me to do my job in the end. So, uh, but it was it was a lovely environment. Um, it made me feel at home, and I think it, the the jobs I did after that were always slightly more communication centric, um, and they were more uh, relationship centric as well. Mm-hmm. So, when did you? When did you feel that you needed to outwardly express this or what was it that made you feel like uh, you were ready to express outwardly what you felt and who you felt like inside? I think it was more than just, it was when I came out initially as just bisexual and it wasn't a very hard thing to do for me in in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. because it it was something I'd already innately known but never really kind of overtly um, kind of said it mm. but I I always felt there was more more to more depth to, to what I wanted than just attract, being attracted to somebody or exploring that even um, it wasn't something I really felt like I needed to explore in a lot of ways. I did question that in the beginning. Do Is it something I need to explore more? And in fact, we're very secure in our relationship in, in that in that sense. We've, mm-hmm. um, And I never felt that need to do that. I always questioned it because it was something I hadn't, you know, I dealt with. And it was when I just... There was more that I wanted to do for myself and and how to express myself. I'd always felt very, very uncomfortable expressing myself in a lot of ways. I'd felt very uncomfortable in a lot of the clothes I wore and um, it was very utilitarian for me, clothing. There was no style or colour. Like, it was like you were trying to hide. You wore a lot of grey and brown and green and camo and it was it was almost like you were trying to make yourself disappear and I think a lot of ways I always felt that essence when I was growing up I I sort of felt invisible as who I was 
and I get that a lot of people get feel that anyway growing up because it's a transition from being a child mm-hmm. to an adult and mm-hmm. there is always that kind of questioning um, I think it you know so but yeah, I think you look back and think well uh, there was more there was more to what you know what I was actually feeling than I, than I could express at the time I didn't have the words or, or know the language and I think um you know there was there was nobody out there who would was like me in the media or films or books or any of the kind of things you would consume Mm -hmm. so when you don't see yourself reflected you you try and create what you think the world wants to see Mm -hmm. and how that that is you know how you kind of put that out there and I always felt very uncomfortable with it and um yeah it was i think it it became i think for me the first thing i did was started to paint my nails mm-hmm. um i found some uh, amanda's nail polish and actually just tried it on one day um and it kind of freaked everybody out <laughs> it freaked amanda <laughs> out and it freaked oscar out cuz they didn't they didn't see anything they didn't see what it was about and it was a kind of a it was a shock to them Mm. um and it kind of what it did i think is it made me feel like there was there was more that i could do and i i remember being very feeling very extravagant and going out with it and getting called a a slur when i just happened to be walking by Mm. and i think things like that can actually put you back quite a bit in your process because you think you know I don't want to be victimized I don't want to be bullied for just trying to express myself in a, in a new in a different way mm. and it took me a while to feel the, to find the courage to do that it's it's never an easy thing to 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 express yourself in these ways and I think more than just what you wear or what you do i think it's an internal process um part of that is feeling happy on the outside but it also is very important that you look inside as well and process these feelings that you've had um and find out what the reality of that is for the world and how it looks at people like me and and others um and i think it's i think it's if you just focus on one side if you just focus on your your expression that can be too it can get very shallow in a lot of ways um and you know even if you got yourself to this point where you looked how you really thought you were you might not have done the actual internal processing of that and what it means for you and how you can get out in the world with it. Mm. Um, so I think with me, it's been a slow process. Um, but uh, I think there is no timeline for it in that respect. I think it's it, each individual person who transitions, um, either binary or non-binary, mm-hmm. um, they, they must do it at their own own pace and at their own um needs 
and what they think feel comfortable with. I still see a therapist uh, on a monthly basis and it's really good to help me maintain uh, my mental health and to have a perspective which isn't entirely my own or someone I'm, I'm related to as well. I think that's been a real help for me that there's no, you know, there's there. I think there's a, a f the feeling of um, everybody wants everything done yesterday. I think that's part of the world we live in. Mm -hmm. um, and you're married to someone who wants everything done yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we're in a world of um, such wonderful modern technology, which where everything can be altered and adjusted very easily. Fine tuned. You can fine tune. Um, your phone, your life, right through your everything, through apps, through programs, and technology has made that very, very simple. And what people want is that that simplicity reflected in their own lives. Mm -hmm. And I think, in reality, um, lives are very messy and and slow. And, mm -hmm. and I think I think sometimes we are impatient for for change and mm. but a lot of the time change is actually something that needs to be slow for your own um for your own self uh, assurance and kind of i think you i mean for me personally i'm taking my time because it's there isn't a de it's not about the destination it's about the journey mm. you've got to enjoy you've got to enjoy all the processes and 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 don't kind of put too much pressure on yourself to to move to any particular point uh, everybody's going to have a particular speed and a feeling about it and i think from what i've read from various different things it's you know it, it it's a different time frame for each for us all i'm going to go off script from my questions um i i wanted to ask based on what you've been talking about um you're saying it takes a long time so like with with the, the bisexual thing i remember us having a conversation about that very early on in our relationship we didn't really have a conversation and put it in those terms yeah but we were watching something mm. and you happened to be more attracted to one of the male characters than i was and i remember turning around to you and we, we'd been together less than a year at that point mm. i was like oh so you like guys as well and you were like yeah don't you like girls and i was like no <laughs> But that was it. That was all the conversation we had. And so, like, I th I but it still took, mm -hmm. it still took over a decade for you to put into words, mm. oh, yeah, I'm bisexual. Mm. Yeah. Um, even though you knew that I didn't have an issue with this, and even though we, but we hadn't really talked about it. No. Um, and so, and then, as you said, when you tried the nail polish, and you were like, oh, it really, it kind of freaked me out a bit. And it did. It was the first mm. thing that you did. And I was like, oh, hang on, hang on, something's going on here. And it was this big thing. And it was, I, I don't know how you, this is where I'm going to my question. Do you feel that it was easier or harder coming out with one than the other? Because for me, mm -hmm. it wasn't even, from my point of view as your partner, it wasn't even anything I had to think about with you being bisexual. No. I remember actually saying to you, if you want to go out and explore this side of yourself, we'll talk about that. I'm actually okay with that. I'm I'm secure enough in our relationship to know that you love me and nothing's going to break us apart. But when when you you 
painted your nails, I was like, oh, hang on a minute, there's something big here. And I knew from having seen other people who were transgender that this might be where it was going and how huge that would be. And I remember asking you whether you were, ha and I was like, I don't know how to ask this. And I was like, what? we were watching Queer Eye, weren't we? And I stopped, I was like, I have to ask you a question. I really have to ask you a question. Are you happy being a man? And even at that point, you couldn't tell me. It took several more months before we had that conversation. Mm. Um, and for me, you were changing that identity was harder, not because it was harder to accept, but because it just feels like there's so much more at stake almost because of the way that, like you say, the world sees things in such binary things i i was worried about what that would mean for you so yeah. my question is is it the same for you do you feel that same like difference or do you see them both in the same sort of way i think i think it was harder harder accepting um about my gender that was because for me i think I questioned my sexuality when in my in my teens I knew there was something I was it, it, there was a an attraction let's say mm -hmm. and I kind of just I come to terms with it in 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 a lot of ways but I also just kind of put it in a box mm -hmm. so I knew what it was I knew that I didn't really want to do anything about it particularly so mm -hmm. I put it in that box and I knew it was there mm -hmm. in that box, mm -hmm. and I, and I knew I'd have to deal with it. I, well, I knew that it was there, but I never knew that I, whether I needed to deal with it or if it would ever come up again. Mm -hmm. And it, it it did. It came up in different ways that I looked at the world. I think, um, I think with with my gender, it's it's been harder because I think like you say that the world is is it can you can it can react quite harshly if if it feels that there's some kind of threat or there's some kind of lie or trick going on mm -hmm. um and it took a while for me to even say how i felt how i felt more than than just a man um and i felt more more like a woman than a man but not quite a woman <laughs> and i think that's kind of hard to deal with and hard to very hard to express and i think um i think the joy the the, the interesting thing is the is discovering these things about you that you that were that were there but they were always kind of in the background let's say and um they just colour how you how you look at the world, I think, and colour how you deal with people. Um, and I've always suf suffered from sort of depression as well throughout my life. Mm -hmm. Even at a young age, I remember feeling very depressed, um, severely, you know, down a lot of the time throughout my teens, throughout my, and even later on, I still had bouts of it every sort of, sort of year. It's only over the last three years having therapy, um, I realised it was how I looked at myself in such a negative light um, that these things, it, it's only when you actually kind of ex start accepting yourself and actually go loving yourself that, that you can actually open up mm -hmm. to these different paradigms and different ways of thinking 
that you never actually thought you were open to you um it's it's one of those things you just you know if you're from a certain background these things weren't even in your eye line or on tv if it was any kind of transgender person it was either a joke or a freak or a serial killer mm-hmm. um and that was that was it so if you know you didn't want to be one of them or either any of them so it was like well that's not really me then is it because it doesn't really apply to me mm. um are you ready for the next question yeah okay um so how did it feel when you did finally come out and was there a difference between how it felt coming out to me as to other people or was it all very much the same I think it was very easy coming out to you because we always trust each other implicitly. I think I remember seeing a word and it was sort of the old fashioned thing that before non-binary was kind of a new terminology for it. It was genderqueer. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it and I was like, well, what's this? Is someone who presents a different gender than actually they feel? And I was like, well, is that me? And I think it's it's the journey of discovering what you know i think you 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 see that you, you something in within you sparks that curiosity and and the, the knowing that actually something in you actually does click with the with the terminology and with the phrasing and and also i mean with people and things around you i think mm-hmm. um feeling more comfortable was was one of the first things is is just being able to feel free that that you can get this thing out mm-hmm. <laughs> i think is one of the big things um you know i remember when we told oscar and he didn't quite understand mm-hmm. um and even now he struggles with it a lot of the time but actually he's doing really well mm-hmm. um considering and i think I think it's when you realise how how much of a, your life is better and you're freer and you're more comfortable in yourself and you're more um, you, 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 you're actually your feelings and your inside feelings uh, and you start to match how you feel outside as well how you present to the world mm-hmm. um, I think there's a term for it which is congruence mm-hmm you feel your feelings and your um, outside match your inside so there's no incongruence mm-hmm. in you mm-hmm. uh, and incongruence can cause depression and things throughout your life because you're always trying to play act as a, a different person than you actually feel inside mm-hmm. um, I've always been very caring I've always been very tried to be very loving in a lot of ways and I think that grates up against what a lot of the kind of male world is um, but this it, I think it went beyond that it went beyond just you know being attracted to someone I think it was a more of a I feeling you know feeling with yourself um, you know and I've spoken to friends about it and then I've spoken to my therapist about it and it was just letting a few people in mm-hmm. to know these things were different and I think 
they you know one of the things is just trying to find a terminology or something that matches it and now there's there is so much more out there you can access online you mm -hmm. know i think that brings us into our well i'm i'm gonna throw in a few more questions i'm sorry you brought up new questions for me um to expand a little bit on on the coming out side of things it was it is a process you're constantly having to come out to different people and i remember finding it very hard to understand where you were coming from because like we we had a few um a few interesting conversations at the time where um i had told my you, you, my mum had asked a question about something you'd done or something you'd said and it led into the conversation with her that you were bisexual because you came out as bisexual before you came out as non-binary and then my dad had come out because bearing in mind this all happened over lockdown but we had built up like a support bubble with my parents because we're ill and um, we needed the support and you'd come out and you'd started to wear not only the nail polish, but you'd started to put lipstick on and started to explore um, makeup. And my dad had gone home and mentioned it to my mum. And my mum rang me and said, um, why are your dad's in the loo? I thought I'd ring you and see if I can, uh, shall I tell him that it's because Tim's bisexual? Sorry, I've just used your old name. That's really bad of me. It's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a bl blurry point and I was technically still Tim then. You were, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I still feel really bad about it though. Um, so this was the um, the question and you were like, no, I don't want her to tell him. And actually, why has she not told him already? And I was like, because we don't tell people secrets in our family it's not ours to tell and, and you were really annoyed because in your family it's kind of like the family grapevine someone finds something out and it, it gets passed along the route and you were kind of expecting that to happen so that you didn't have to come out to them but I was there going but I'm not going to tell anyone unless you because I don't want to out you and neither does my mum and we went through that same thing again when, when I finally told them about you being non-binary. Um, they then rang me up and said, well, what do we say if, if Debbie, who's my sister, says anything to us? And, 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 and you were like, why don't they just tell her? I mean, they know they can tell. And, and like, I was coming at it from a point of view of I, none of us want to out you without your permission. But you were like, I kind of want some of you to just spread the... the so how did you feel about all of that? Because I remember being very, very confused at that time. I think for me it was almost like a, um, you know, that I was. I think for, I was still exploring mm -hmm. how it, I felt and what it meant for me. So uh, I was in sort of two minds, I suppose. Part of me was like, yeah, tell people, don't tell people. <laughs> mm. and part of me was like don't tell people because mm. you know if they don't know they don't really question it and also I think in some ways part of me likes to the rebellion side of, <laughs> to rebel yeah. and just go oh, keep them guessing you know you do like that yes <laughs> I think there's that aspect to me which is like well you know if they don't know they you know they don't really know mm -hmm. <laughs> um but i 
it, I think the more people that know, the more people I expect to tell other people in some ways. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't know, you know, your family don't seem to gossip. <laughs> <laughs> well, they do. <laughs> they don't seem to gossip they, in, the, in they, the traditional, Yeah. somebody tells somebody somebody and somebody else somebody something else. Well, they do tell some things, but I think, I think in some respect they they knew how important it was that this was done with your consent, uh-huh. and I think that was the difference. Yeah. Um, but you were like, I don't want to have to deal with this. I kind of just want them to to pass it on. And I think I didn't want to tell them myself because it was too hard to explain. Mm-hmm. Because I couldn't actually, I hadn't actually pinned down what I felt was closest to. to to you know i think you know if you just say transgender sometimes that's that's just the same that's for me i feel just the same Mm -hmm. i'm i'm moving away from the gender i was at birth Mm -hmm. and i think you know in some ways that's a nice catch-all term but i think we have terminology and and like i said there's a there's a more of a color palette of different ways to express your gender and how you feel about it. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, non-binary just felt too simple. Um, transgender woman didn't feel completely like that either. So I'm sort of somewhere in between those two aspects. So, which is harder to explain to people mm-hmm. than one or the other than if you're a binary choice. So if you're mm. going from a male to a female, that's you're going from a woman. You're going from a man to a woman Mm -hmm. and for a lot of people that makes sense Mm -hmm. and vice versa if you're going from a woman to a man that's a binary choice Mm -hmm. and and i think throughout transgender history there's always been that thing to go through um go through the you know the binary choices Mm, it's hard for people to get that wrap their head around this non-binary idea um and i think I think one of the things we we talked about was you were worried about telling people because you didn't want to tell people I'm this and then it potentially change while you were yeah, exploring. Absolutely, and I, f- I would have felt like a fraud to myself that I would have said, "Oh, I'm I'm a trans woman," and then gone, "Well, no, not quite a trans woman." Mm. I think, and um, you know, I think there's that authenticity. And I think a lot of trans people feel that is the, you know, is it just something they're going through? Is it something they're just making up in their head? And I think that's part of the process of coming out is is accepting that, no, that this is something different to just sort of make believe or just wishing or wanting something for aesthetics or something like that, which... I think there's a, there's this kind of myth that, you know, you just want it for a particular reason. And I think it doesn't... You know, and also there's this kind of... And also I think the strong feelings of dysphoria is... I've never, I've never had massively strong feelings of dysphoria. I still get points when I, I feel that, that but it's, it, you know like the there's a myth that you have to hate yourself you have to be almost suicidal and i think that when you're thinking well no i don't feel like that i don't feel like i want to you know i i feel unhappy 
with certain aspects of myself because they don't fit in who I am now. Mm. Um, but you, you know, you, you can you can explore that at your own pace and actually um, see how that feels to you. And sometimes it isn't until you're actually looking at it and reflecting on these things that you notice um, how you're appearing and how that reflects upon you. Mm. Um, and just also the opposite of that, which is feeling euphoria just when you're presenting in a certain way. Mm. And just feeling so comfortable and mm. and it fitting like the you know like a jigsaw as they say the, the, it fits like a jigsaw sometimes but sometimes it doesn't fit and the jigsaw pieces don't fit and then that's when you're like what is it that's feeling like that and for some people those feelings of dysphoria and not fitting in are so powerful and painful that it affects their mental health to, mm. to a really strong degree I think I've been working on my mental health in other ways so now I'm able to deal with it and process it and reflect on how I'm feeling um, journaling and having having look looking back at how I felt over this past sort of year I, I, you know there's always been a constant thread that, that I was always more feminine than I was masculine mm. and I think that that's helped me find the terminology that I feel comfortable with um, and actually to the point where I've felt comfortable coming out with, mm. you know, to various friends um, and also even my church as well. Mm. I mean, the thing is, you, you talk about like gender dysphoria and stuff. And I think sometimes you, you do compare yourself and you've said you've actually said to me, am I just making this up? Mm. Am I just fooling myself? But I look at you and I can see how much happier you are. And like when you came home and you'd bought yourself a pretty dress and you were so happy and you bought yourself a nice handbag and you'd got some ladies shoes and you were twirling around in the skirt and you were so happy. And yet there's also times when, yes, okay, you don't have that, that major gender dysphoria in that you don't hate your genitals. Or you're, not, you're, not, you're not desperate to get rid of what is there. But you do have moments where you'll say to me, I wish I was pretty like you. Yeah. And what you actually mean is I wish I wasn't so boxy and masculine and I wish I had your curves and... And I think, you know... And that is a sense of gender dysphoria. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the big things was me was getting past stereotypes, you know, mm. of of what does a woman look like? What does a feminine person look like? And women look like all sorts. Yeah. You know, and I think that, but there are certain certain secondary ca characteristics, such as having a beard, and mm. uh, you know that 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 are not innately that are always masculine. You know, mm. they are not in in any way innately feminine, and mm. I think that bothers me. You know, I I I shave every day to help help that so I don't feel as bad over mm. that you know and you shave all over I mean let's be fair I have way more hair on my legs and my arms than you do yet you still feel the need to shave completely because that really does it's a, bother it's, you it's a feminizing effect I think mm -hmm. there's certain things that you can do which are very easy in a very controllable mm -hmm. way um, to help you feel that 
inside something that you feel inside mm-hmm. um, and just doing things like that it, it's it's surprising how much it does help you and I remember various points in my life I've done it before shaved and and shaved my body as well and I've always felt more comfortable with less hair than more hair and um, and uh, you know and the opposite is, is that on your head is having more hair on your head mm-hmm. than sort of than you would normally uh, and trying to have longer hair and uh, I think I remember for a very long time always wanting to have longer hair mm-hmm. always always mm. um, you've mentioned that before mm. um, is there anything that has brought you specific joy in the way that you've been able to outwardly express yourself um, like I, th- I know you've enjoyed wearing makeup, changing your hair, wearing clothes. Is is there anything that stands out as specifically bringing you a lot of joy? And is there anything conversely that has been really challenging? I think one of the t- times that recently that I can recall that was challenging, as opposed to, I think for me at the moment, I'm building a wardrobe essentially, and mm-hmm. that's that's very hit and miss just trying to find the right size getting some bundles not all the clothes are suitable not mm-hmm. all the clothes are and there's i think reading through a lot of memoirs from different other trans people people get some terrible clothes to start with because it's yeah. that trying to find what suits you yeah um without either looking like your grandma or <laughs> something like that that uh, and let's I, be fair women's clothing is challenging yeah it's very because challenging it changes between shops yeah absolutely i think that recently i had to go and pick up something from we picked up a budgie and i had to go to um an hour Whole away of the town, yeah. to somebody's house to pick it up a stranger um, I so i had to dress very plainly just tracksuit bottoms and t-shirt because that's what and made you feel although safe. well you know it it, it was it was on balance i had to do it because i was worried that if i presented in a certain way it could could there something could happen you mm-hmm. know i could be put myself in a dangerous situation um unfortunately that's the world we live in people um can be violent people can do all sorts of things and you don't know mm-hmm. and so i didn't wear any makeup or or anything else and it just made me feel very uncomfortable mm-hmm. um and you know it doesn't have to be the most hyper feminine thing either to to wear to mm-hmm. feel comfortable mm-hmm. and i think there's a myth you know you always have to wear a dress and you know always have to wear women wear dresses women have long hair it's these things these stereotypes of what women potentially are and actually mm. they can get you into trouble because if you're very square and if you're very you know these things you might not necessarily want to pull off and even if you were a woman you might still not want to wear mm-hmm. these certain things mm-hmm. and i think that kind of is missing a lot from the conversation mm. um you know women wear tracksuit bottoms where they wear t-shirts mm-hmm. so they're not you know innately feminine or masculine but for me it, it felt very uncomfortable just not even to wear makeup mm. um or something just to feel more comfortable in, 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 in your own skin I think mm-hmm. okay and we'll 
end with this last question because um, I know this has been mm -hmm. uh, challenging. Um, what resources have helped you over the last year? I think uh, um, one of the books I've read is, um, is uh, Trans Like Me by C.N. Lester. Mm -hmm. uh, that's really helpful. Um, they are a non-binary person uh, and it was helpful to find somebody not uh, I've read some trans women things and I always felt that wasn't totally who I was people say they always felt like a girl or a woman but I never felt that kind of mm. that instant yes I'm a girl yes I'm a woman mm -hmm. and to have somebody else from a from the non-binary community um, that also another one they them there um, that was a useful one as well I think that's a book right yeah, yeah that was another book but it was just I think some of it's quite hard to get through because there are some really brutal and things in the media um, tending to inflame people and and make you know things difficult but there are a lot of positive things to take from these books and and to take from other people's experiences and now we have you know a, a, a plethora of different authors mm -hmm. um, of writers um, and it's not always memoirs sometimes it's actually self-help books um, and another book that I, I had was um, a, a gender uh, a book which actually kind of took take you through identifying things about your gender and mm -hmm. working in a safe way mm -hmm. having things you know to break down what what you're feeling uh, but also making sure you're looking after yourself mm -hmm. i think self-care is the biggest thing you need to make sure you're feeling healthy and safe before you can explore a lot of these things and i think taking your time over it is for me anyway has been the key Mm -hmm. um, there are lots of really good resources online um, and I think you know that there will it will continue to climb into the you know to, to be the lots of things that are coming out mm -hmm. um, social media as well is also useful because you can find groups which are particularly suited to you and um, you know there, there's places where you can express yourself without any kind of ridicule as well mm -hmm. Mm. community is a big thing isn't it it is it's important to find people even if it's just posting photos just having a chat it's just having finding people that are like you um, and can understand you um, which is it's really important mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well thank you for sharing with us Thea I know you were thank nervous you. about this you've done really well um, I don't mean that in a condescending way. I mean that in a, <laughs> in a very loving way. Um, thank you for listening uh, to our first podcast. We'll thank be back you. again with another one where we will explore what Thea's coming out and transition has meant for my identity because I had always been very, very secure in my cisgendered, heterosexual uh, identity but where did I then stand if I was still very much in love with and attracted to my partner? Um, if I was saying I'm not attracted to women, but I'm attracted to you and you're no longer a man. And so we'll discuss that. It's going to be an interesting, probably a rather amusing 
um, conversation as Thea tries to figure out what I am. Um, we've had many of these conversations over the past few weeks, haven't we, Thea? And uh, <laughs> we're still none the wiser. Um, if you want to join in the conversation, uh, let us know your thoughts on this episode, what you'd like to hear more of, uh, what you might like to hear us talk about, what worked well, what didn't. We're open to all um, feedback. Uh, you can get in touch with us on Twitter. I am at a spiral dance and Thea is at Thea Shortman. That is T-H-E-A-S-H-O-R-T-M-A-N. So a spiral dance and Thea Shortman. We'd love to chat with you over there and uh, we'll speak to you again soon. Bye. Bye.